العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما إن شاء الله today we will start where we left off in our last lesson which was about the events that preceded the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ to Al-Madinah. And we mentioned how after the Prophet ﷺ realized that his efforts with the Quraysh were not getting anywhere, he decided to go and give da'wah to different tribes of the Arabs that would come for Hajj. And Mecca was a central location where the Arabs from all over the peninsula, they would come to make the pilgrimage. So the Prophet ﷺ had that opportunity to present Islam to all sorts of different tribes. So about three years before the Hijrah, a group of people from the city of Yathrib, and Yathrib would later come to be known as Al-Madinah Al-Munawwara, or Madinatul Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But at that time, it was called Yathrib. So about three years before the Hijrah, a group of Hujjaj from Yathrib they came to Mecca and the Prophet ﷺ gave them da'wah and they accepted the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ. And they went back to Yathrib and they invited their people to Al-Islam. And a number of them accepted Al-Islam. So the next year at Hajj, 12 people, 12 Muslims from Yathrib, they came for Hajj. And these 12 Muslims, they took an oath of allegiance with the Prophet ﷺ at a place called Aqaba, and that is in Mina, right on the outskirts of Mecca. They took this pledge to obey the Prophet ﷺ. So there were 12 of them at that time. And these 12 Muslims from Yathrib, they told the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, we don't know much about this religion. We need someone to come back with us. We need you to send someone to us to teach us our religion. So the Prophet ﷺ agreed to this request and he sent Mus'ab ibn Umair radiallahu anhu, one of the great companions of the Prophet ﷺ. He sent Mus'ab ibn Umair as his ambassador to go to Yathrib to teach the people of Yathrib about Al-Islam. So these 12 pilgrims, these 12 Muslim hujjaj from Yathrib, they went back to their city and Mus'ab ibn Umair also went back. He went to Al-Madinah to teach the people about Al-Islam. So with the efforts of Mus'ab ibn Umair giving da'wah to these people and teaching them about Islam, the religion spread throughout the whole city. The whole city became Muslim, except for the Jews. And we mentioned before that the city of Yathrib was occupied by three groups of people. One tribe called Aus, and one tribe called Khazraj, and then there were the Jews. So it was basically evenly distributed with these three populations. So through the efforts of Mus'ab ibn Umair and the other Muslims who had accepted and taken that oath of allegiance on the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they all became Muslims except for the Jews. So the Aus and the Khazraj, they all accepted Al-Islam, Alhamdulillah. So now, the next year for Hajj, a group of 75 Muslims from Yathrib 
they came to meet with the Prophet ﷺ, a group of 75 Muslims. There were 73 men and two women. And in order not to arouse any suspicions of the Quraysh, they didn't want to all go to the Prophet ﷺ and meet him all together at the same time because they feared that that would provoke the Quraysh. So they decided to send two of them two amongst those 75 people, they decided to send two of them to meet with the Prophet ﷺ and then they could set up a time and a place where everyone could meet with the Prophet ﷺ out of the eyes of the Quraysh. So they decided to send two representatives from amongst themselves and they were Al-Bara ibn Ma'roor and Sa'ad ibn Malik. Al-Bara ibn Ma'roor and Sa'ad ibn Malik who were from this group of 75 people who had come from Yathrib for Hajj. So they went and they looked for the Prophet ﷺ and they found him with his uncle, Al-Abbas. And at that time, Al-Abbas had not accepted Islam yet. Abbas was still a non-Muslim at that time. So Al-Bara ibn Ma'roor and Sa'ad ibn Malik, they went and they saw the Prophet ﷺ with Al-Abbas. And they had never seen him before, these two men. So they didn't know which one was Rasulullah. So they asked which one is the Messenger of Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ told them that it was him. So they were very happy to meet him. And they wanted to speak to him, but they were afraid to speak to him because Al-Abbas was also there. So they were thinking that, okay, maybe we shouldn't speak to him openly because you know his uncle Al-Abbas is there and he's not a Muslim. But the Prophet ﷺ told them, don't worry, you can speak whatever you want to speak. This is my uncle. So even though Al-Abbas was not a Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ trusted that he would not spread the secrets. And the Prophet ﷺ had actually been living under the protection of his family. Abu Talib had protected him. Al-Abbas was protecting him. Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib they were protecting him. So he was living under the protection of his family, even though a number of his family members did not accept Islam yet at this point. They were still protecting him due to the fact that he was one of their own, that he was from their family. So the Prophet ﷺ said to Al-Bara and to Sa'ad, go ahead, speak whatever you want to speak. And there is no worry. This is just my uncle. So they spoke to the Prophet ﷺ and they told him, you know, we are a group of 75 people who have come from Yathrib and we want to take an oath of allegiance with you. We want to show you our loyalty. We want to pledge our allegiance to you. So the Prophet ﷺ arranged for them to take this oath of allegiance at the same place where those 12 men had taken the oath of allegiance the previous year. At the same place, Al-Aqaba at Mina. And of course, this had to be done secretly because if the Quraysh were to know that this big group of 75 people, they're pledging allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ, they would not be happy with that and they would try to throw a wrench in those plans. So the Prophet ﷺ arranged it with them and he told them to come to this place at this time. And they came to that place, you know, not in a whole group. They didn't all come together, but groups by groups, small groups by small groups would come and go to Al-Aqaba. So three men went at one time and then a few men went at another time. They didn't all go together because this would arouse the suspicions of the people. So they quietly left and they left in small groups until they all had reached 
the place where they were to take the oath of allegiance with the Prophet Now when the Prophet arranged for this, when he was saying, we will meet at Al-Aqaba and you can take the oath of allegiance there. Al-Abbas was here and he was listening to this conversation and he asked Rasulullah he said, I want, to, I want to attend that meeting as well. When you go to Al-Aqaba and these people, they take the oath of allegiance to you. I want to be there as well. Can I attend that as well? And the Prophet said to his uncle Al-Abbas, he said, yes, you can attend. No problem. So Al-Abbas attended this meeting as well. And he was there when this group of people took the oath of allegiance to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when they met at Al-Aqaba, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was very happy to see this big group of people, 75 people, alhamdulillah, who were Muslims. And of course, these people were very happy to see the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as well. So they took the oath of allegiance that they would obey the Prophet ﷺ, that they would do al-amr bil-ma'roof and nahi anil munkar they would command the good, they would forbid the evil, they would spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it's easy to do so and even when it's difficult to do so. So they took this oath of allegiance, of obedience to the Prophet ﷺ. They agreed to all of these conditions and then they said to Rasulullah ﷺ, they said, Ya Rasulullah, all of these conditions that you mentioned, they are for Allah. But tell us, what do you want us to do for you? We are ready to do anything for you. As long as you come to us, as long as you make hijrah to our city, to our people. So they realize, you know, that this is such a great blessing that they're going to get, that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is going to come and live amongst them. So they were ready to do anything for him personally on his behalf in return for this great blessing that he would come and live with them. So the Prophet ﷺ said, you have to promise me that if fighting ever occurs between us and the kuffar, that you will defend me as you defend your own children and your own women. And they said, yes, we are ready to do this. We are ready to do this. And the first one who said that he is ready to do it was Sa'ad ibn Ubadah one of the great leaders of the Ansar. He said, Ya Rasulullah, we are ready to do it and we will never turn back on the conditions that you have put upon us. We are ready to fight for the sake of Allah. We are ready to defend you with our lives. And the Prophet when he saw this excitement from Sa'ad ibn Ubadah and the fact that he spoke without speaking to his people, without first consulting them, if they're ready to do this, he said to Sa'ad, Sa'ad, you are one person. I want you to discuss it with your people. You know, this is not a light responsibility you guys are taking upon yourself. You know, you're laying your lives on the line for this deen. So I want you to discuss it with your people. If they're all ready to do it, then we're ready to go. So Sa'ad, he went to his people, the group of people, and they discussed it amongst themselves, and they all agreed that yes, they are ready to lay their lives on the line for this deen, for Al-Islam. So they selected 12 representatives amongst those 75 people. They selected 12 representatives to go to the Prophet ﷺ and inform him of their decision, that yes, they are ready to accept all of the conditions. So these 12 men, they went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
and they pledged their allegiance to him and once they pledged their allegiance to him then the rest of them also pledged their allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ. So the whole group, they pledged their obedience and their allegiance to Rasulullah ﷺ. And they pledged that if fighting were ever to occur, if there was ever a war, they were ready to fight for Al-Islam and they were ready to defend Rasulullah ﷺ with their lives, the same way that they would defend their own children and their own women. So they accepted this. Now Al-Abbas at that time he wasn't a Muslim and he saw this and he spoke to the people and he said if you are serious and if you are sincere in your promise to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that you will protect him if you're really sincere then that's okay but if you're not sincere then let it go right now for so many years, we have been protecting him. His family has been protecting him. And remember, Al-Abbas at that time, he wasn't even a Muslim. He said, we are protecting him from people whom we agree with. They don't accept him as the messenger of Allah. And we don't accept him as the messenger of Allah either. Abbas was talking about himself at that time because he wasn't a Muslim. And he said, still, we are protecting him from those people who are on the same religion as us. Because he is one of us. And as long as he is in this land, as long as he is from amongst his family, we will protect him. But if he leaves, if he goes to stay with you, and you have promised that you will protect him, if you are not sincere in that, and if you are going to really abandon him, when difficulties arise, then abandon him right now. Don't let him go to you and then abandon him when he needs you. If you are going to abandon him, abandon him right now so we can continue to protect him. And then they said to Al-Abbas, Wallahi, we swear by Allah that we will never abandon him. We swear by Allah that we will never abandon him and we will be true to the promise that we gave him. And we will defend him with our lives. We will die and our children will die before anyone can touch him. So Al-Abbas was comforted with this answer. And then, in an instant, immediately, a sound was heard, a, a big loud shout was heard, and the people couldn't see where that sound came from. And it was a voice calling, and in some narrations it is mentioned that this was the shaitan. And he wanted the kuffar of the Quraysh to know that this meeting had just taken place, where these Muslims had given allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ to physically fight and defend this religion so a voice was heard and the people didn't know where this voice came from and the voice said ya ya ah, ya ahlal jabajib ya ahlal jabajib and this means oh people of the houses oh people who are listening hallakum ila mudhammamin wassuba'u ma'ahu qad ijtama'u ala harbikum and they used to call the kuffar of the Quraysh, they used to call the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, they used to call him Muthammam instead. Muhammad means the one who is praised and Muthammam is the opposite of that. Muthammam means the person who is belittled or the person who is not praised. So they used to play with words and they used to call him Muthammam instead of Muhammad. 
So they, the voice said, هَلَّكُمْ إِلَىٰ مُذَمَّمٍ وَالصُّبَاءُ مَعَهُ قَدْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ حَرْبِكُمْ And one of the companions who was there, he said it was the loudest voice and sound that I had ever heard. So it was basically a call out to the people, to the kuffar of the Quraysh. They said, do you know that Muthammam, they called him Muthammam. Do you know that Muthammam and those who have accepted his religion, they have gathered together and they have agreed, they have made an agreement to fight with you? So when this voice was heard, they didn't know where it came from. But Sa'ad ibn Ubadah who was one of the people who had just taken this oath of allegiance that he will defend Rasulullah Immediately after hearing that sound, he took out his sword. He drew his sword and he said to Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah, we're ready to fight them right now. We have just taken this oath and we're ready to fulfill it right now. So this was the first sword that was ever drawn in defense of Islam. The sword of Sa'ad ibn Ubadah But the Prophet said no. Rather disperse, disperse, leave. So they left and they dispersed and the kuffar of the Quraysh of course they heard that same sound they heard that same calling and they went out to look like what is it who are these people who are these people who have accepted Islam and who have agreed to fight in defense of Islam and the Prophet so they looked around but they couldn't find who it was because they had already dispersed by the time that they came around but they began to investigate who could these people be and they noticed that there were some of the people of Yathrib who happened to leave, you know, during a certain time in the night. They thought to themselves, you know, there were a group of these people from Yathrib and they disappeared and then they came back. So where did they go during that time? And that was the time that the sound of that voice was heard. So they tried to put it together. They said this voice was heard and at that time there were some people from the people of Yathrib who were not in their places, who were not in their camps. So they put two and two together and they realized that it's most likely the people of Yathrib who had accepted Islam and who had made this oath with the Prophet ﷺ and who had given their allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ. So they got an idea that it was the people of Yathrib. Anyways, after Hajj was over, the people of Yathrib, they went back and they continued to practice Islam and they continue to prepare for the eventual arrival of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Until one day, Mus'ab ibn Umair radiallahu anhu, the one who was sent to teach the people al-Islam in Medina, he sent a message to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He sent a message to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the message said, Ya Rasulullah, aqbil ilayna. Ya Rasulullah, it's time. Come to us. Now come. There is not a single house in al Madina except Islam has entered that house. So the people of, Muslim, the people of, of al Madina, the people of Yathrib, the tribes of Aus and Khazraj, they all had accepted Islam. So Mus'ab ibn Umair sent this message to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, it's ready. The city is ready for you to come and you to make your hijrah to the city, to Yathrib. So the Prophet ﷺ was very happy to hear this and he gave his order to the Muslims of Mecca. He told them to leave. Now go to al Madina. it's ready. So make your hijrah. So the Muslims started to make hijrah to al Madina secretly of course, because if it was known, 
that they were leaving Mecca to go to Al-Madina, then they would be stopped by the Quraysh. So they secretly left. And they did it without the Quraysh knowing what they were doing. So they all left secretly and quietly. Except for, guess who? Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu He announced his hijrah to Al-Madina. He prepared his animal and he prepared his supplies and he wore his armor and his weaponry and he actually went to the Kaaba and he made tawaf al-wada' the farewell tawaf and then he went to those groups of people who were sitting around the Kaaba those groups of the leaders of the Quraysh and he went to them one by one and he said to them shahat al-wujuh may your faces be disfigured any one of you who has a death wish, any one of you who wants their children to become orphans, any one of you who wants their wives to become widows, meet me behind this mountain. I'm going to Al-Madinah, I'm going to Yathrib. So he announced it and he challenged them, he dared them to go ahead and follow him. And of course, nobody accepted this challenge. Nobody followed him. And Umar bin al-Khattab, he made his hijrah to Al-Madinah. So they all went step by step. The Muslims, they went to Al-Madinah until all of the Muslims had left Mecca and reached Al-Madinah, except for a few Muslims who were actually imprisoned by their own families and prevented from leaving, except for them and except for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself and his household and also the household of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. Abu Bakr radiallahu an and his household had not made hijrah yet. Actually Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he had asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a little bit before for permission. He said, I'm ready ya Rasulullah, give me permission to make hijrah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, just wait, just wait. Perhaps you will have a companion to go with you. Perhaps you'll have a companion to go with you. And that companion would turn out to be the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he realized this. When he told, when Rasulullah Sallallahu told him, wait, perhaps you'll have a companion, he realized perhaps that companion is him himself. He wants me to accompany him. So Abu Bakr radiallahu he prepared two riding animals, one for himself and one for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he waited, and he waited until the command came for them to make the hijrah. So now the Quraysh, the Kuffar, they're very scared, they're very worried. Like look, all of the Muslims have left and if their leader, if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, if he reaches Al-Madinah and they make him their leader, he will be able to organize his people in a way that he was not able to do it under our control. He will really be able to mobilize and organize his people and then they will be a serious threat to us. Once they're organized and they have him as their leader, then they will be a serious threat to us. So we need to stop this from happening. We need to stop Muhammad from making the migration to Yathrib. So Abu Jahl, he said, okay, we need to arrange a meeting with the, the leaders of the Quraysh so that we can discuss this matter and see what we can do to stop him from making that migration. So Abu Jahl called for this meeting in the Darul Nadwa, the Dar of Qusay ibn Kilab. And he made it clear that no one from Bani Abdul Muttalib or Bani Hashim or Bani Abd Manaf, the tribes that were protecting the Prophet none of them were welcome to attend this meeting. 
So he gathered all of them and they met at the Darul Nadwa at the appointed at the appointed time and one of the people who entered for the meeting was a man that nobody recognized. He was an old man and he entered into the meeting as well but nobody knew who he was. They didn't recognize him. They asked him, who are you? And then he said, I am a sheikh from Najd. I'm a sheikh from the land, the area of Najd. And I happen to be in the area and I heard that, you know, you have this important meeting where you have to discuss this matter and I want to help you. I want to be an advisor to you as well. So they said, okay, ahlan wa sahlan, you're welcome. You can help us decide what to do. So he entered amongst them and then they started having this meeting, deciding what to do, what to do with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How do we prevent him from reaching Yathrib? So one of them said, what we should do is we should, we should imprison him. We should lock him up so that he will not be able to leave. And then the Shaykh from Najd, the old man from Najd, he said, no, no, that's never going to work. If you tie him up, if you imprison him, his family, they're going to come and free him. Or maybe even the people of Yathrib, they will come and they will attack you to free him. So that's not going to work. You can't, you can't lock him up. So they thought, yeah, that, that wouldn't work. So then another one of them thought of an idea. He said, okay, we will just expel him from the land. We will just take him out somewhere in the middle of the, of the desert, in the middle of the land, and we will just leave him there and we will come back. We'll just expel him from Mecca. And then the old man from Najd, he said, no, no, that's not going to work either. You know that his speech is so beautiful. Any people that he meets, even if you throw him into another land or another city, he will meet people and he will speak to them and they will accept what he is saying and he will be able to gain a following and then he'll come back and then you'll be in even bigger trouble than before because he will have supporters so that's not going to work either so they said yeah you're right that's not going to work either and then the Fir'aun of this Ummah Abu Jahl he said you know the only solution is we have to kill him and then the people said, how can we kill him? You know, we, if, if we could have killed him, we would have killed him a long time ago. But if we kill him, you know that his family is going to take revenge on us. He said, no, no. What, we're, what we'll do is we will just take one young man from each of the sub-clans of the Quraysh. So it's not like one man is just going to go and kill him, but we will take multiple people, one young man from each clan of the Quraysh. And each one of them will hit him one time with the sword. So then, the, the murder, it will be on all of these clans of the Quraysh. So do you think Bani Abdul Muttalib, his clan, they can fight all of these clans of the Quraysh? If it was one clan against one clan, yeah, maybe that would be a problem. But if all of the clans come together and do it, then his family, Banu Abdul Muttalib, they will not be able to touch us. So this was the plan of Abu Jahl. And then the Shaykh from Najd, the old man from Najd, he said, yes, this is the only solution. You got it. Imprisoning him won't work. Throwing him out of the land will not work. The only solution is what you have said, Abu Jahl. This is the only solution. You have to kill him. So that is how they decided to attempt an assassination on the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions this incident in the Qur'an. وَإِذْ يَمْكُرُ بِكَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِيُثْبِتُوكَ أَوْ يَقْتُلُوكَ أَوْ يُخْرِجُوكَ وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهِ 
Wallahu khairul makirin. And when the disbelievers plotted against you to imprison you or to kill you or to expel you from the land, and they plotted and Allah plotted, Wallahu khairul makirin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of plotters. And it turns out that this old man from Najd, this Sheikh from Najd that nobody recognized, it was the Shaitan himself. The Shaitan himself entered that meeting in order to convince the people that the only solution to their problem was to actually murder the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But of course Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala protected His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from that evil plotting. Next week, inshallah, we will talk about the actual attempt on the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we will talk about the bravery of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu an. Inshallah, we will speak about that next week. Bi idnillah, wallahu alam, sallallahu wasallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbi ajma'in.